You see, this is something so profound that uh, in, a, in a real, real sense, we give our lives, in God's world, the real world, we give our lives to one another. We really do. Because when, see, when I come home and look, look at what's here, there's nothing left here. It's all gone. And Douglas says, you know, nothing is more summary than decapitation, losing your head. And Douglas chopped. He's gone for the chop here. It's all gone. I have given way totally down to the last particle and quark. I have disappeared in favour of my dear friend Sean. I've given my life up as Douglas, and I'm resurrected now as my dear friend Sean, and now as my dear friend Maureen. And what a, what a beautiful setup this is, isn't it? In God's world, we are built for loving. And I don't say that immediately we all break out to fall in, you know, falling in love with one another in a, in a very kind of passionate way. But what I mean is that we are giving love every opportunity to flourish. It really is being busted wide open. Busted? Yeah. We are busted wide open. And we disappear in each other's favor in God's world. But in man's world, because what happens in man's world is we are told we're face-to-face. I'm told we're face-to-face. You know, when I meet Sean, why Douglas and Sean are face-to-face like that. So what I do is hallucinate right. to order. To, I hallucinate a, a thing here for keeping him out with. Now, that's mad. That's crazy. And I must say, so man's world is a kind of organized craziness. It's organized madness. Mm-hmm. It is madness. And madness leads to hell, every kind of misery. And it makes love almost, it makes enormous, enormous obstructions in the way of love. So uh, I say uh, uh, the truth uh, is the exact opposite in man's world from what it is in God's world. I've just taken an instance. But in our experiments and uh, what we've been going on about, we take many other instances, or some other instances, of the difference between the two worlds. And of course, the joke is we're all living in God's world. We don't really move from man's world to God's world. We're all living from the truth, aren't we? I mean, if we're all living from this, we just deny it. We're we just in a coma. need to see the facts. See the fact. Yes, that's right. right. Mm-hmm. We're all, everyone, I mean, the viewer, Sean, uh, Maureen, Douglas, we, uh, everyone is doing it right. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, we've gone into a coma. Mm-hmm. Or a story. It's we've, like we believe the story. Right. We've thought on something else. Yes. Mm-hmm. With a great big calm. And what is the calm, Maureen? What is the calm but this? I am what I look like. Mm-hmm. Now, I am here what I look like over there. Four feet away, five, no, four feet away mm-hmm. from you. I mean, that's a big con. I'm mm-hmm. not what I look like. Mm-hmm. Here, I'm not what I look like to you. What, I look, what you see Douglas to be is one thing. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what Douglas really is, you have his appearance. I have his reality. And the difference is total. Mm-hmm. And the great con is, uh, uh, which society requires us, uh, you know, it's in small print when we join the club. There it is. One of the rules of the club is I am, I pretend, I am here, what I look like to you over there. 
In fact, I'm the exact opposite. Yeah. Now, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, we have such an investment in that. Like, I, I find it, you know, it's, it's hard to give it up in a sense because I want to insist that I do have a head. I am this. Yes. And that's, that's the first response. It's like yes. it's hard to let this go yeah. in a sense, this story. Of course, on this, Maureen says, uh, uh, talks about uh, on having a head or no head. Of course, a bit of a misunderstanding, for which I'm afraid I'm slightly responsible by writing a book called On Having No Head. If I had been really uh, prepared to have a longer, more truthful title, and less misleading, I would have said, On Having Millions and Millions of Heads. <laughs> because I have millions and millions of heads. The only thing is, I don't have one hair. I've got heads in every spoon, in every mirror, in every person around, in the dog and the cat. They're all, they're all, you know, when they look here, they get Douglas's head, don't they? I mean, I have millions of heads. I don't have it here. That's the point. Right. I have it in the mirror. It's about having it where it really presents well, itself, where the right. facts are, right? So we're all clear about having a head. We know what a head is and so on. We've absolutely got it wrong about where. where it is. The whole question, the, the, the big word is where. Where do I keep that dancing? Where do I keep Douglas's head? I keep it there in the mirror. And this is rather important because you see, that thing I see in the mirror, Douglas's head, is now 83 years. It's been dying for 83 years. I mean, how long is its shelf life now after 83 years? And I mean, come on. If I'm that, I've had it, you see, but it's there. Now, we can't do this uh, exactly in in the studio now, but it's up to uh, all of us, our viewer and all of us, when we look in the mirror uh, to see where we keep our head. And and, and then if we bring it on, you see, like this, say, well, it's got to be here. It really is here. It's not there. And we put it on, we find we can't do it. It disappears. And thank God, because it's de- It's a death head. It's my death certificate, isn't it? It's, 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 and put, try and put that on here. It's kind of suicide. But thank God, death is death. At a distance. At a distance. And when I put this nearer and nearer and nearer, why, uh, it, 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 I just can't put it on. I just can't put it on. And so uh, some Paul, you know, dear old Paul, Question. He said, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Now we can answer, dear Paul, Paul, but we say, well, the death, sting of death, but half an inch away, which is quite far enough, so I don't, it doesn't sting me. So that's, uh, that's our kind of our program. But we shall be addressing not only the different ways of seeing the difference between these two worlds and enjoying the difference and moving from one to the other. Uh, but we shall be talking about how we keep it up and how practical this is. And in my view, it is entirely and totally practical. And how I could survive, let alone function, without this vision who I really, really, really am here. Busted, as you say, Maureen, mm-hmm. busted, busted, mm-hmm. wide open. So I'm space for the world to happen. And how I can manage it like that, I don't know. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is so... I mean, look, all it's about is being natural. It's not about being funny old person. 
about doing anything very special. It's just really being, being, what shall I say, open to what's obvious. Respecting the facts. Respecting the facts. Humility before the evidence. You know, what is the, what is the basis of science? I mean, science is very impressive. What's the reason for the success of science? It's humble before the evidence. And it's always going back to what is seen. I mean, when medieval science built, ah, science, philosophy, so on, enormous, wonderful structures without looking to see. And, uh, and of course, they looked it up. They looked, looked, looked it up in Aristotle or the Bible. And uh, they never looked to see. And, uh, and then uh, Galileo came along and started dropping stones from the, the leading tower of Pisa. And uh, the, the people all reasoned that the, the big stone had to reach the ground before the little stone. So our purpose in doing these experiments is to just Well, our experiments see. are just the same spirit. Right. Humility. Look, we have, this, this is a scientific investigation. But it's the subject, it's not the... <coughs> the subject of the investigation is not the subject. It's not the object, it's indeed, indeed the subject. So we're applying the same standards of reference to the given and the physical to science and common sense indeed apply there, we are applying it in this direction to who we are and what we're looking out of. Mm-hmm. Humility in front of the evidence. That's great. That's good. And I say it's fun. I say it's invigorating. I say it's energizing, inspiring, and intensely practical. And moving, what it is really, is moving to the place we never left from the world of delusion, man's world, a world of alleged convenience. And of course it's convenient. I mean, I mean, look, look at what it's produced. It was a kind of game, and it's produced some extraordinary results. But I'm afraid the whole thing lands in hell, uh, because it is the opposite of God's world, the given world, which is full of blessing, every way full of blessing. God's well, love has a chance because we are busted wide open for one another. So much for our introduction. And uh, now we come to experiment number one, uh, which has, I suppose, two titles. Uh, One would be the pointing finger, and the other one, uh, I suggest, the country less visited, the country rarely visited. In fact, uh, this is uh, a journey as much as it is an experiment. And a real journey, I mean a real journey. And uh, it is to a place uh, which uh, I think it is extremely important and fascinating uh, to visit. And uh, we three are going to uh, enjoy a visit to this country and to give you, I think, the feel and the impression uh, of how it's done, how their journey is made, and then I shall go on and share it with you uh, more intimately so that you and, I, uh, are, you and I are involved in that journey uh, very deeply. 
This is a country, a journey to the country less visited. But I think when we were very, very little, when we were infants, you know, tiny babies, uh, we were at home in that country. And it was our native land, and it was a very big country. You know, when we're very little, I think we're really very, very big. We're very little for others and very, very big for ourselves. And when we were uh, little babies, we didn't have any boundaries. Uh, we didn't stop uh, somewhere and then our environment began. We were the whole, the whole scene uh, without any boundaries. No doubt for the infant, uh, our world was a great big booming confusion. Uh, but we had no boundaries. And then when we got a bit older, uh, we left that country and uh, we began uh, to look at ourselves from outside. And you know, uh, it, it's called growing up, but in fact it's shrinking, you see, uh, because what we do when we become children and then uh, teenagers and adults is to move out and see ourselves through others' eyes in imagination uh, as uh, objects. And those objects are pretty small. And so we become eccentric, out on a limb, and uh, alienated from ourselves. We are strangers to ourselves. Camping, actually camping, setting up a camp as displaced persons outside our residence and wondering uh, what it's like inside. In fact, reading books about what it might be like in our own home, <laughs> which is rather crazy, isn't it? <laughs> so we're going home, you see, we're going home. And it's a real journey uh, in which we're all going to share. And uh, it, it, I think at this time, the song, a uh, pop song, which is around, I don't know if this is a very good one, and I don't even remember the title, but I do remember some of the words. And the singer, the lady, was singing something about having gone to... She'd travelled the world. She'd been to Timbuktu and Sydney and Tokyo and Moscow and you name it, she'd been there. And alas, she said in the song, I have never been to me. I have never been to me. Well, we're going to make their journey now. And it's rather an important journey. I think it's a journey to the place we were at uh, when we were very little uh, babies. And I think it's a place which every creature is living from and looking out of uh, in, in its experience, his or her experience. It's where we're all living from, what we're looking out of, and only man, only this crazy, absurd, ridiculous species of ours has gone out and become a displaced person uh, out there looking in at uh, what it looks like to others. So, as I said in the introduction, the great con is, uh, I think I said it, uh, the great con is I am what I look like. You see, in other words, I am the outside view of myself and not the inside view. Um, there's a saying attributed to Jesus. I hope he said it, and if he didn't, I think he ought to have done. Uh, and it's this, that a man who looks upon himself 
only from outside makes himself small. Well, I think we got shrunk in the wash, didn't we? We grew up, we grew down. And now I think we, we really uh, will uh, come home uh, to surely the place we never left. Because the journey out there was a notional one, it wasn't a real one. And we're coming back to the place we never left. And it is a country less visited, hardly ever visited when we grow up. I think it's more unknown than the moons around Venus and, you know, the furthest galaxies. We all really lots of information about those far places. But this is a place, it's almost forbidden to, 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 to for adults, for intelligent, grown-up, sophisticated, smart adults to visit. And I say that's tragic. And let's come home, let's come home to the place which I think we shall find is our native land, our native land, which has a smell of home, the comfort of home, the pleasures of home, and it's, it's a big country. I think we should find it's a big country. So uh, I'm going to ask um, um, uh, Sean and Maureen with me uh, to do this little experiment, which is indeed a journey home. So would you, would, you, would all three of us do this and the viewer will uh, see what we're up to and then, as I say, you, the viewer and I will share uh, what uh, we've been finding so that the viewer enjoys this experience and uh, we uh, can then talk about it. And Florine and Sean will be uh, asking me and I should be asking them things about this. Uh, about the practicality of it and the objections. So that is my little introduction to experiment number one.